Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I want to welcome back to the program Dr. Andy Jackson. He is with the John Locke Foundation. Uh, he has an official title here. I've got it written down somewhere, Dr. Jackson. Oh, here it is. The director of Civitas Center for Public Integrity at the John Locke Foundation. JohnLocke.org. Uh, welcome. How are you? Oh, doing great. Uh, just power skimming the court case. Power skimming. That's a new one. Power skimming. i got to remember that. Okay, so this is the Supreme Court case. The U.S. Supreme Court case, this thing has uh, had many different iterations, I guess, over the last couple of years. And it all started when we drew, when the legislature drew some congressional maps, right? This is only about the U.S. Congressional House of Representatives districts, right? That, yeah, that's correct, because uh, state legislative districts are only bound by the North Carolina Constitution. Right. So this was testing a theory called the independent, uh, the, the independent state legislature theory, right? Tell folks what that theory essentially is. Well, the, the Constitution lays out the Elections Clause, Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, if you are keeping score at home. And it says that the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed by each state in the legislature thereof. So it lays out that state legislators set out the time, places, and manners of holding elections, including drawing districts. The independent state legislature theory says that because of that clause in the Constitution, uh, there really isn't a role for state courts because the federal Constitution supersedes, uh, you know, it's a supremacy clause, supersedes state constitutions. And so they don't really have a role. It's only the federal courts that would be able to regulate that. And so this got its first test because this theory had been kicked around for a while inside, you know, legal circles and such. But it got its test out of North Carolina because uh, after uh, what a previous lawsuit on uh, uh, gerrymandering went all the way to the Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court said, look, we can't do anything about this. um, But, you know, you states, you're free to do something about this stuff on your own. So then, of course, lawsuits are prompted at the state level. And we get these lawsuits that work their way through um, the state court system. It goes to the state Supreme Court with a Democrat majority at the time. And they fast track this case. And they're like, hey, you have violated the state constitution when you drew these congressional districts. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Okay. And so what happened after that point? Well, the Supreme Court got it. We had a 6-3 majority uh, written by Chief Justice John Roberts. And they basically said that, no, uh, states can actually regulate um, what uh, state courts can actually regulate what state uh, legislators do when they're drawing districts. um, So they can apply appropriate state constitutions and state laws. um, But that federal courts don't give up their right of, of reviewing those decisions. Um, so it sets up kind of a weird case because it doesn't actually, they specifically declined to address the North Carolina case in particular. They were only testing the theory. Uh, so this is a little bit of a weird case because they weren't actually 
addressing this particular controversy. Why is that? Uh, and well, because this wasn't well when this was originally brought up uh, before the was, the uh, state Supreme Court overturned uh, Harper v. Moore. Um, they had this controversy. They said, "Well, can state courts even do this?" That was the question. Well, the question basically became moot because the North Carolina Supreme Court reversed itself earlier this year. And so it became, instead of a question just on the specific part of North Carolina, it just became a theoretical question, um, which is why Clarence Thomas said that they shouldn't have even ruled on this. And this was strictly an advisory opinion, which is something that the North Carolina or the state, sorry, the federal constitution uh, has prohibited since, uh, I want to say, 1792. Mm. So this is a little bit of a weird bird of a case because it didn't actually decide anything. It just gave an opinion. I was not aware advisory opinions were forbidden, but that makes sense because I've never seen one. I've never you never get these from the Supreme well, Court. Well, you've seen one now. Yeah, to Clarence Thomas. My goodness! Wow. We'll remember. I remember. I have to remember where I am sitting when I learned that I have seen history made. Wow. Um, I'm just kidding. I, I won't remember this, but. <laughs> The, um, the, the, the test on this thing and the way that the courts, uh, the way that Roberts wrote it, leaving space for the state court, leaving space for the federal court, I kind of get a very uh, Obamacare kind of a vibe off of this. Like, this is not going to end here and there's going to be more litigation surrounding this. Yeah, and once again, uh, Justice Thomas gave a warning that this is just going to open the floodgates because we have now this really mushy zone. They didn't really give any definitions. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh actually wanted to try to kind of give a specific test on this, but the majority of the court just ruled that, okay, we're, we're going to say that they can't, that state courts can regulate it. We're not going to say what they're bound by. Um, we're just going to basically take it ad hoc on a case by case basis. So, this is going to leave it up to a lot of lower federal courts that kind of muddle through as we go along. And they're going to actually have to all become experts on state law and state constitutions, which is something they don't really have to do. They just have to say, well, it's just a federal question. Right Now they have to actually analyze all the state laws and state constitutions as well in order to give an opinion. So it's, if I'm thinking this through, we're essentially going to have a system where you've got 50 state uh, legislatures that, or 50 state constitutions, let me say, and legislatures that operate within their own constitutions, then you're going to have court interpretations on each of those, however the, the plans comport with, uh, with those state constitutions, and then you would have essentially the ability to appeal up to the federal government, and they would get to look then as to whether or not your, your whatever rules that your lines you've drawn, that they comport with the state constitutions as well. So, like, right. a hundred cases. A, yeah. I'm sorry. That, and that's a key difference. Normally, you only get to the federal courts if you have a federal question. Now you can take a state question to the federal courts. I mean, and there has been, like, Bush v. Gore touched on this a little bit, but this is taken into a bold new direction. Yeah. Um, all right. And so it was a six to three ruling. Um, the only ones opposed were Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and uh, Neil Gorsuch. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, the conservatives, what Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett joined with Roberts, Ketanji Brown Jackson, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan. Um, so, what then did, did they write about anything regarding um, the 
the current district maps that we have and what the plan is for us to uh, redraw those districts right before the 2024 election? No, they did not. As a matter of fact, uh, Robert specifically said uh, that they are not addressing that particular controversy. Um, and so they were just answering this kind of general question. Uh, they weren't specifically talking anything about uh, what happened because they couldn't, because th- this has already been rendered moot effectively because of what happened in the North Carolina case earlier this year. So right. there really is nothing resolved other than they gave an answer to a theoretical question. Right, which, as you said, is an advisory uh, opinion, basically. So is anybody going to try to make an argument to that extent and go after the, uh, like, try to overturn this or something based on this prohibition or try to get it scrapped because it's, you're not allowed to do it? I think what's going to happen is, um, as far as the federal case, we're going to end up with a bunch, uh, at least several. We're going to end up with test cases that are going to go through. And eventually the court's going to, the Supreme, U.S. Supreme Court's going to get tired of hearing these things and they're going to have to develop some kind of test, uh, if they're going to keep, you know, going to this direction. And it might be the Kavanaugh test where, where he kind of channeled, uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist from decades ago, basically saying, well, did you really distort the intention of the legislature or did you distort state law, state constitution, you being the court system, the state court system? And if so, then they can overturn a state court ruling. Um, but that none of that's been established by the majority opinion. It is all very, very squishy. And this is the problem with all of these gerrymandering, redistricting types of cases. There's no judiciable standard, right? Like, you, you can't figure out a way to set up a set of rules where everybody, um, where everybody gets what they want and, and can measure it uh, objectively as, quote-unquote, fair. You can't because, you know, people are going to give you different definitions of fair and uh, with all these competing standards, you know, you might have, you know, if you get 20 mathematicians in a room, you'll get 26 different answers about what is fair uh, when you draw these maps, but you're not going to get a conclusive principle based on law. And that's always been the problem. That's the reason the U.S. Supreme Court kind of washed their hands of it in Common Cause v. Rucho a few years back. And that's the same thing that the North Carolina Supreme Court said in the rehearing of Harper v. Moore last April, that, you know, these, there are not really justicable standards here uh, beyond what is already enumerated specifically in the North Carolina Constitution that will cover this. Uh, things that protect individual rights, such as the free election clause, doesn't apply to a, uh, so a concept of a collective right based on political party. Dr. Andy Jackson, the director of the Civitas Center for Public Integrity at the John Locke Foundation. Always good to talk with you. Thanks so much for making some time for me today. I appreciate it. Uh, good talking to you again. All right, man. You too. All righty. So this opinion uh, from the Supreme Court came down just before I uh, got on the air today. So despite the uh, the large stack of show prep, we're going to try to do this. Uh, yeah, we're trying to do the rest of this hour just reading from a Supreme Court. <laughs> we're just going to read the opinion, <laughs> all the citations. And no, I've I was able to go through. Over the course of the show, during the breaks and stuff, I was able to go through and kind of highlight some of the the more imp- the, the important parts from this decision from Chief Justice Roberts. And that's why I wanted to get Dr. Andy Jackson on there, because he's had time to read through all of this stuff. And I haven't been able to get like to the dissenting opinion from Clarence Thomas. And it's concerning to me to hear Jackson with the same Andy say the same thing 
that I was kind of getting a sense of in reading Chief Justice Roberts' majority opinion, and he called it mushy. Not Roberts, but Dr. Jackson called it mushy. And that's a, that's a pretty good way to describe it. It reminds me of the Obamacare. Tax, not a tax, kind of a tax, has to be a tax when we need it to be a tax. It's, it's this motivated reasoning. It's the same garbage that we saw with the Obergefell decision. Love is love. Love wins. That's not a freaking legal statute. Like, that's not something that you can build on. And so that's my concern with this. And I don't know if, like, I was unaware that the Supreme Court doesn't do advisory opinions. It makes sense. I've never seen one. And so now I wonder, does somebody go after this as essentially an advisory opinion? Because there's no underlying case here. The case went away. The case went away because, remember, we voted out the Democrats from the state Supreme Court. And when the Republicans took control, the the legislative defendants, they petitioned the newly made up court of, what, five conservatives and two liberals. And they petitioned the court to say, hey, can you take another look at this? And they are allowed to do so within a certain time frame, which they were in. And so the newly comprised conservative majority said, yeah, sure, we'll take a look at that. And lo and behold, we agree with you, Republicans (laughs) from the legislature, and they tossed it. So now there's no more case because that was the case that they were appealing up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And so that's what Thomas was saying is like, we shouldn't even be hearing this. The case is moot. A lot of people think that when when they say, oh, that case is mute. No, it's not mute. Mute means you can't speak. Moot means it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter anymore. There's no standing. So we'll go through some of the the mushy reasoning here, I guess, in a moment. Oh, hey, real quick. Before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? So uh, let's get into the uh, sort of the, the meat of the opinion here from Chief Justice John Roberts regarding North Carolina's argument that the state gets to control the drawing of the congressional districts. And the state Supreme Court doesn't have any say in that because the federal constitution says it's up to the state to determine that. Several groups of plaintiffs challenged North Carolina's congressional districting map as an impermissible partisan gerrymander. The plaintiffs brought claims under the North Carolina state constitution. Okay, Our state constitution says all elections shall be free. Relying on that provision, the Democrats on the state Supreme Court made up a definition for free that meant no gerrymandering based on partisan affiliation. you got to make sure that everybody has an equal opportunity to win every seat. 
<laughs> right? They just they just constructed a new definition. They said this is what we think free means, and this is what they meant, even though they never said that. So they struck them down. They struck down those maps, relying on that provision as well as the state constitution's equal protection, free speech, and free assembly clauses, the North Carolina Supreme Court found in favor of those left-wing plaintiffs and struck down the legislature's map. The court concluded that North Carolina's legislature deliberately drew the state's congressional map to favor Republicans. In drawing the state congressional map, North Carolina's legislature exercised authority under the U.S. Constitution and its elections clause. And that says that the legislature is, is required to prescribe the times, places, and manner of federal elections. And so Robert says, we decide today whether that clause vests state legislatures with authority to set rules governing federal elections free from restrictions imposed under state law. Okay, so you understand this is the this is the the argument is that the federal constitution tells the states that you get to set the time, manner and uh place of the elections. Empowered by the federal constitution to do that. But then they do that and this they get sued in state court. And the question is does the state court and the state constitution have any role whatsoever in governing the time, manner, and place of the elections. And the U.S. Supreme Court has come down and definitively said, maybe. Depends. It depends on the situation. Let me skip ahead here to page 12. To do this is... Mm, let's go to jurisdiction. This is the bottom of 12. Okay. It says, before turning to the merits, we must determine as a threshold matter that we have jurisdiction or not. And they cite a lot of case law, and they're like, yeah, we totally can do this. Um, The North Carolina Supreme Court decision to withdraw the underlying case does not moot this case. So this is the the advisory committee, or uh, sorry, advisory opinion idea. It says the plaintiffs here sought to enjoin the use of the plans enacted by the defendants. And so they're going to cite a couple of more cases. And they're like, we can totally do this. Um, next up, this is page 16. Let me skip ahead. Page 16, section three. Yeah. The question on the merits is whether the elections clause insulates state legislatures from review by state courts for compliance with state law. Does that make sense? These are federal congressional districts, and the state legislatures are empowered to draw those districts based on the federal constitution. So does the state court system get to intervene in those maps as the left did when the right drew them? Since early in our nation's history, courts have recognized their duty to evaluate the constitutionality of legislative acts. We announced our responsibility to review laws that are alleged to violate the federal constitution. In Marbury v. Madison, 
proclaiming that, quote, it is emphatically the province and duty of the judicial department to say what the law is. And so then uh, they cite some more laws, Cranch and Trevitt v. Whedon, mm, the case, mm, da, 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 uh, back to Marbury, judicial review, blah, blah, blah. Skip to page 20. So I'm glad I read this all ahead of time. Section 4. We are asked to decide whether the elections clause carves out an exception to this basic principle. We hold that it does not. The election clause does not insulate state legislatures from the ordinary exercise of state judicial review. Okay? So in North Carolina, you get a you get an activist court like we had with the uh, Democrats in control of it that were just fast-tracking these cases, like voter ID, right? They were fast-tracking cases before the election because they knew they were going to lose. So they, they reached down into the lower courts and they grabbed cases that they want to decide knowing that they're going to lose and the Republicans are probably going to be in charge of the court. And they don't want to let the court system take its normal course because that would stop first at the Court of Appeals. And if it stops at the Court of Appeals, well, the Court of Appeals mainly controlled by Republicans. And so the Democrats on the Supreme Court here did not want that to happen. They needed to fast track it, so they did it. They fast tracked this case. They fast tracked a couple others. I think there were two others. One was the voter ID stuff. They fast tracked these cases so they get to issue their rulings. And then, of course, they get their butts whooped in the election. And their Republicans take over control of the state Supreme Court. The Republicans who had been sued over this uh, independent state legislature theory, they then come back and say, hey, re-examine your earlier ruling on this. And the Republican state Supreme Court says, oh, yes, totally. So here's the problem going forward is that the left, if they ever control the state Supreme Court again, they will do this again. They will keep figuring out ways and redefining words and reinterpreting law in order to get what they want at a policy level if they cannot achieve it at the legislature. And part of this is because we have, a, uh, we have rules in place here where state Supreme Court justices have to retire at age 72. So they cycle off. And it creates opportunities for the governor to appoint other judges from the other party. And that's how we ended up with the 5-2. Or, sorry, the 4-3 uh, Democrat majority. Now it's 5-2 Republican. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. All right, so we've got some reaction that has come in after the U.S. Supreme Court ruling on uh, North Carolina's uh, – I mean, this really was a seminal case. There were people watching this case from all over the country – uh, because it was testing this state, sorry, I keep saying this state first, 
but it's the independent state legislature theory. And how much control does the state legislature have when drawing district lines at a congressional level? When you're drawing the con- because the state lines for state house, state rep- uh, yeah, state senate, right? All of those those are obviously all under the purview of the state judicial review. Those are it's all state. So if they're drawing lines in a hinky way, you can sue in state court and the state constitution applies. And there are rules, by the way, for redistricting at the state level, keeping counties together, the whole counties provision. There are there's a series of of parameters, which, by the way, the Republicans have always adhered to. But it doesn't matter. They keep getting sued when, when you tell them what rules to play by. They play by those rules and then they get sued. And then Democrats on the court throw out the maps that were drawn under the rules that the Democrats wrote up. And then they try to construct new rules. And then the Republicans go back, they draw new maps to comply with the new rules, and they're like, no, that doesn't work either. Not enough seats. Not fair. So that's the state level. The congressional level is different. And so they draw the lines, the, um, they get sued. Okay, well, where do you sue them? Well, if you go to state court, do the state rules apply? And what the legislators were saying was, no, you don't get to sue us in state court. This is, this is all, we have complete control outside of your purview because it's a federal deal. They can look at it. They can do stuff, but not you. And the Supreme Court came down and definitively said, sometimes maybe not, and yes, also, kind of. So very clear, very clear, saying the state has a role, feds have a role, judicial branches have roles, but we don't know what they are. We're not going to define them for you, but they could at some point. And so what Andy Jackson was saying is going to open up the door for tons of lawsuits on every redistricting plan. So once again, once again, the true winners, the lawyers. Exactly. Roy Cooper, quote, This is a good decision that curbs some of the power of Republican state legislatures, but not Democratic ones. No, no, the Democrats don't gerrymander. See, it's totally different when they do it because they're Democrats. It's not the same. They can draw... They can draw Republicans out of any representation in Maryland. They can draw them into like two seats in the entire state of California, hundreds of seats. And it doesn't matter because it's different. Those are fair maps when they draw it like that. But Republican legislators in North Carolina and across the country remain a very real threat to democracy. Look, Roy Cooper, somebody... Dude, you're getting you're getting pretty close to that freaking line. I think you're starting to be a threat to the, the democracy. You're start I mean the way you talk about half of your constituents. You represent these people too. And the way you talk about them, the way you talk about North Carolinians that disagree with you on policy, dis- disagree with you on politics, you call them a threat to democracy? Oh, I know. It's not stochastic terrorism when you do it, right? You can whip up mobs against people. By the way, I'm not happy with today's Supreme Court decision. So does that mean I think the rule is now I go to their houses, right? I go to the judges' houses with some bullhorns and drums and start chanting stuff at all hours of the night to frighten their children and families, right? Isn't that, that's the norm, right? That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm telling you guys, you keep, You keep antagonizing. They're a very real threat to democracy. 
as they continue to pass laws to manipulate elections for partisan gain by interfering with the freedom to vote. This guy, man. There's only one explanation in my mind for this, because he gets such a pass at the state level for this kind of just nasty partisan rhetoric. I got to believe that they're propelling him into some other national run. Uh, uh, like, I, I, I didn't think that he was interested in that. I had heard rumors out of Raleigh that he's not. But I don't think you keep behaving this way unless you're trying to get a national profile.